0: With Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle (laughs) and think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started WordUp to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my locals platforms where for as little as $5 a month you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe Tribe. and. And lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, WordUp also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals, and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services, or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycatz.com as well as on quantum Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz hey superstars welcome back to another episode of word up with danny katz today i am joined by the lovely brilliant miss amy d who is one of the geniuses behind the gold pill podcast as well as the much loved and super very followed gold pill instagram account which was just completely deactivated and disappeared from instagram last week thus we scheduled this emergency podcast to talk about the state of social media, the deplatforming, the muting, the suppression, how to keep on keeping on, how to build and sustain a massive account. I'm going to hold off on overwhelming you with too many housekeeping details, and I'm going to invite you to buckle up and to prepare to enjoy my conversation with Amy D. gold pill got nuked
1: gold pill got nuked it was a slow progression that morning of getting like multiple email announcements that the gold pill had been violated for copyright and i had been already on restriction for misinformation and i'm pretty sure i have just like some mistakes in there too of like posting something that it's like a cartoon or old art and it got hit for being nudity but it was just like Yeah, it's so strange. And so that morning, yeah, I got the second email after all that stuff had already existed. And just it said your account has been deactivated. And I was like, Oh, okay, I guess so. But what it was so weird, is that before gold pill got deactivated, like one day prima donnas and took the gold pill. Well, I thought took the gold pill got taken down. But Prima has got taken down for no reason. Um, I have suspicions just between, you know, you and me and your audience <laughs> that um, I had posted someone's, you know, thought piece on Bruce Willis and Rumor Willis being maybe not the most appropriate way to, you know, showcase your dad in this like very sensitive time. And um, that uh, got back to Rumor somehow. And she, I don't know if she thought it was me or I don't even think she cared. She just thought it was so in bad taste that she put my thing on her stories. And then I went private that day. But ever since I went private that day, the account was so wonky. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here. So it could just be a complete coincidence. But that was so bizarre because that happened maybe like two or three weeks before everything kind of went down. And took the gold pill that same day, <clears throat> Instagram didn't update or something, and it kicked me out and it wouldn't let me in for like, and it was the correct password because the password just got me in the other day. Right. So there's just lots of weird programming bugs, but um, yeah, the prima donnas was gone. I couldn't, That you can't even see any history of it. Same with gold pill, which is such a bummer because it was such an amazing archive for people to kind of understand, you know?
0: Did you ever do the download the archive before they nuked the account? No. And honestly, I probably
1: wouldn't have put it back up. So it's, it's, uh, it's ephemeral in nature. And I get, we've been talking about it around here and it's kind of like a nightclub, I guess, where they're around and they're really popular and then they're not. And I just really don't, you know, um, in my conspiratorial origin mind, I'm like, I don't want people to think it was like a limited hang or something it was really, really natural and organic the way that it grew because of the movement that was happening and all the different progressions of that movement and how they kind of collected a bunch of different people that were interested in hearing about that information. And it just grew and it grew and it grew. And I couldn't, no one could believe it, not even me. And with it just disappearing so abruptly, it, kind I mean, I just know how people's minds work sometimes. And it definitely was a surprise to me and it was a real bummer but um we're making lemonade you know
0: of course as we do um would you mind telling the audience i'm sure most people in the audience have been following the gold pill but just for those who might be in the dark can you tell us what it was how long you had it how many followers you had that all those bits and pieces
1: the gold pill started as this idea that I would, okay, well, I was spending a lot of time on like TikTok and stuff and um, realizing that I was seeing people, boots on the ground, let's say, people on the street from America and around the the world, quite frankly, reporting on, you know, current events and things and you just weren't seeing this perspective at all or, or you were you were seeing from such like another well is this a controlled perspective or you just everyone's really suspicious when it comes in organically so this was kind of organic in that it was coming from various sources all citing kind of similar you know, things and it was Uh, originally it started kind of with the lollipop or with the medication or whatever. And that had, and honestly, I really feel good about that because we needed numbers and awareness at that time. So I don't really feel like, um, I never really felt like getting numbers was a weird thing because we needed them. It was so important. Oh, then the trucker rally came in Canada And all these like massive events started coming and then you get picked up by people. And so it just became this huge thing on Instagram. It grew to be about, I think, 555 or something people, 5,000, 555,000 people. And it was a phenomenon, honestly. It was, and it was bigger than me. And it was stuff that I didn't even necessarily really agree with or, I mean, it always was through my perspective, but there was a lot of stuff I posted that I wasn't even posting. Cause I was like, Hey everybody, let's all agree with this. It was, let's think about it. And I really did notice over time, a progression with the audience and the commenters. And there was always kind of like, you know, a comment section as it develops, but I noticed over time that people would get more with it so like in the beginning it would be a lot of like red and blue back and forth and maybe lately it's been more if someone makes a comment about red or blue someone might chime in and say it's not really about that which is really empowering to me because I watched that progression happen so I don't even want to say I had something to do with it but the gold pill and the the group atmosphere had something to do with it And people were really starting to understand that the cool thing to do in this day and age is to seek within and to look in communities and to look into things that you can kind of DIY and self-start or find other things that are like that. Because that's where the organic, grassroots, unfettered, virgin territory lies, you know? And yeah, it's... uh, Yeah, online is a cesspool. And it's really hard to find places where people are not bought and paid for. And so when you can find that place, and you're certain that's what's happening, which was how I felt with you and Emily. And I think at this point, anyone listening knows that feeling of just like, this is a real person. That's and i can tell you i was offered during the trump and like the tw- like the early 2020s like right in the whole the thick of it like people were asking me if i wanted to put out documentaries about fauci and um excuse me and if i wanted to be you know paid to basically propagate propaganda about, you know, things that maybe I personally kind of was on the side of, but I was just like, I don't want to be paid for this on this account because I just kind of wanted to always have like an integrity about it where I'm hand selecting all this stuff. So that's the account. I am continuing it. At took the gold pill, which is only about a hundred thousand people, which is still a lot, but it's just not quite the reach it was, but that's okay. Um, and then there's also at the gold spill now, which is kind of more, if I had my druthers, what the gold pill, it's kind of more me and the gold pill. You're going to see more kind of memes and uh, yeah, I'm not really trying to get sides at this point. I'm kind of like, great, you've picked a side or you've picked no side, or you know where you kind of stand. Like you've been spoken for or spoken for yourself. And now if you're over here, let's laugh together and be informed together, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm curious to know what you got the strikes for and what you think. It seems like a lot of accounts got nuked last week, mm-hmm. um, but I'm curious to know kind of the progression. And also if you're thinking that rumor Willis had a hand in getting prima donnas taken down.
1: OK, with prima donnas, I am so agnostic. I have no idea. I just was like three weeks before all that happened. She shouted me out on her account in a way that I did not want attention. And I and honestly, I felt bad because because you don't expect people to see the things that you're saying or that anyone is saying at my level. So the idea that rumor Willis was going to hear any of my critique or any of this lady's critique on her situation, which I honestly relate to because my dad had a similar thing. I did not anticipate that so honestly when she reached or she didn't reach out but when I saw that she was you know upset I reached out and I was like you know I am considering my uh my place in this a lot differently now because now I'm realizing that I have reach that I didn't understand I had and um you know it's perhaps it's nicer to um had it been something that really needed to be said I guess it was just an opinion it wasn't something that was like vital to people for people to know so maybe just it kind of made me realize be a little more mindful of you know the things that are said on your accounts and not because I see it sounds like I'm
0: uh I don't think any of the Willis girls listen to my show (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah I'm, okay. Actually, who knows? I know that Emily has like her whole like history uh, with the the ether of Bruce Willis. I know that there's like a whole thing there. Right. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think that she even said anything specifically. I just think it probably got looked at in like a negative way or there were enough people that were like thumbs. Something happened where it was like, oh, now we're not in favor anymore. And it could have just been poor taste that uh, other people were picking up on. Uh I don't think she cared enough to honestly like bring it up. But if she did, then that yeah. these are the these are the games that I'm playing. You know, that was the other thing I want to get very clear. I understand that I made a deal with like the proverbial devil in that I had a huge account, but it was totally run by Meta. Meta could their AI, their sensors could take me down for any of my accounts at any time. And that's always just, it's kind of like a a game rule. They just have that power. And so I'm not, I wasn't ignorant of that ever, but um, it is, it's kind of, it becomes more of like a game every day because to get into the next question, the things that they're striking you for, one, I got struck for, it was a man calling Americans stupid and he had every right to, he backs it up with our education system being really poor and, basically rockefeller education and all that and um because it directly called american stupid it got seen as bullying so that's oh, taken down um the day that roe versus wade was sort of like in in flux um i happened to post a story of a woman doing like a reverse you know bridge kind of camel po- and then it was like fire coming out of her crotch because i thought it was funny yeah. And um, that is apparently pornographic or I was attracting people that would, who would cite that as pornographic or something. And so that got hit. So much misinformation got hit, like probably every, okay, let's, so this is the way misinformation works on Instagram. If you get hit as like, this might be misinformation. Even if you take it down, they're gonna like, they're gonna kind of mute your account for about three months if you're on good behavior it might be less than that but you, if they someone tries to tag you like your hey, name hold
0: up what does it mean to mute your account
1: okay so what what will that will mean is um no one's going to see your stories okay your stories are going to get suppressed um basically your reels and your and your pictures are not going to get shared with anyone outside of your audience and okay. um let's see what else happens you, when someone tries to Tag you, it's they have to type out your full name. So usually if it's someone that I'm tagging a lot, like say Danny, um, something, if I get to at so, it'll be something.dany. And oh, but cool. if Danny is being um shadow, shadow banned or muted or whatever the word might be, uh, I would have to type out something.dan, and then maybe that I, the whole thing would pop up. So that's and then that progressively gets worse if you continue to uh put out things that they deem as misinformation within a time period. So that can go from that being the most basic to now it won't even let them people follow you or it'll give someone a warning before they follow you saying this person consistently promotes misinformation. Are you sure you want to follow them or, you know, and I think there's also words um, tags that get you kind of highlighted. I know they don't like the word, um, I'm trying to think of they don't like freedom they don't like words having to do with um anything self-sufficiency um i'm trying they hate,
0: to think- they hate propaganda they hate sovereign yes.
1: sovereign's the one i was thinking of yes yeah. they hate that and it's crazy because honestly the average person probably doesn't even know what that word means so it's like wow you guys really hate that word and um yeah, that's that's how it happened. I can't think specifically I had just been taken off the bench for the misinformation. So things were start. I had like gone up 3000 people in one day. And you could always tell because I was consistently going up about 500 to 1000 people a day. And then it went down, which means like, oh, I got suppressed. And then it went back up like for a window of like a week. And then I got bang, the plug pulled. And so it was fun while it lasted. You know, do not collect two hundred dollars.
0: so many many questions um as far as like these parameters around okay you're going to be suppressed for three months are they transparent about these things are they transparent with your punishments did you just figure that out
1: no I figured it out because I have like a gazillion accounts and this is honestly why I was able to last so long too is because I had three pretty big accounts and they would always get hit for th- I was always so careful and they would it would every time get hit for something that I was like what like they got us on Montauk for um a comedy special I think it's Norm Macdonald but he's talking about like the genocide you know he's talking about like frank topics But this is from like 20 years ago or something and it's like they got us dinged for something and that was in the height 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 of everything going on with like you know please focus your attention on this right now so um that was that we're so we're very we're learning to be more careful on montauk but yeah that was part of my longevity is that different things uh would would kind of get hit different places and i would get kind of a more broad idea of what they are willing to work with and not willing to work with and um yeah that's i think it was just noticing patterns Like, like with go ahead No, no, no,
0: please continue.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, like, with Gold Pill, the first time we had, like, the first time that we got shadow banned or muted or whatever, we had really loyal people that were, like, in our stories every day. And they were in my DMs. This is the first time it happened. Like, I'm not seeing your stories come up today. I had to search for you in your stories. And so that's when I realized, oh, man, this is a systemic thing. So, yeah, I just have, you know, perceptive picked up on it.
0: Did you try to appeal any of the strikes? I have
1: appealed a couple of them. Some of them have been successful. Some of them have not. Unfortunately, here's what's annoying is you can appeal copyright strikes, but they happened so fast on Gold Pill that like there was no time for me to even defend the first one by the time the second one came in. And you have to appeal them individually. Like you get the person's email and contact information that struck you. It's very, like, official, honestly, and people don't normally do that. Most people will, like, threaten to sue you before they will copyright strike you, and you just take it down. I mean, it's not a – online is such a funny world, you know? People try to bring the 3D into the – I call it the 5D, like, all the time, and it's just like, sister, this is not that. (laughs) Like, we are in a different space.
0: It's interesting. I was trying to file a copyright strike today because there's a very – sad, confused content creator who's been sharing my content on her channel in between slandering me and making up insane lies about me.
1: Good Lord,
0: and I've 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 like put comments like, can you please take this down? I do not consent to sharing my work and that hasn't worked. And then I saw to file a legit copyright, I had to share my contact info. And I'm like, well, I'm already dealing with a psycho. So I don't want right this person any of my personal information. So I guess she just gets to do whatever she wants.
1: That's probably what a lot of people think and um I'm so sorry you're dealing with that because I um I see here's the thing I would never put someone up in a bad light like I don't do libs of TikTok which I totally have respect and love for it's just not my game Right But um And so I would understand why if you're disparaging someone or if I'm like bullying, I get like the copyright strikes there. But the gold pill was so annoying because it was like most people, I would say 98 percent of people that were posted understood. This is a greater service. It's not about me. I don't have my picture up there. I even took She's Amy D off like I made it completely about the thing. And like I said, I it, it would be running until it wasn't. I mean, I was going to keep that going as long as it would. So it's too bad. It really is. It had like half a million people that were engaged in discussion about things that were trans party. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like, who cares about party? We care about people. We care about people being fed and not committing crime, you know, like in doing the things that keep a civilization actually cared for and going. And um yeah. we Thank God we have Montauk effect still. That's all I can say is because it just kind of, it's a little less political over there. And it's still, it still has undertones of like, think for yourself and free speech. And, but it's a little more, yeah, like comical and easygoing. It's a little like gold pill light.
0: <laughs> I send so many people to Montauk effect, mostly my coaching clients, because I've learned so much about Like the way I describe it, I'm like, it's about being an introvert, an empath, neurodivergent. And I've learned so much from it. Like it's such a huge public service as was gold pill. I mean, the timing of it is interesting because I would say it was about two, three weeks ago that I got probably the biggest surge of followers I've ever received. And I didn't know where it was coming. I'm like, someone clearly shared something. But then when I saw the people who were following me, I'm like, these are like famous people with really big wow. accounts and that def- that came from you. So oh, I was yeah. like, it was just an, and I mean, most of my surges have come from you, but it was interesting to see with this surge, like how many large accounts were now following you.
1: you okay, I know this is about like gold pill and stuff, but for a second floor on you or the spotlight on you because that was so incredible. And that was so major because for the first time, I mean, the first, okay. I think we had two versions of that post. There was like a first version and a second version. And the first time we posted it, it was you. And a lot of people were very resistant to the idea that these people could be organized and maybe perhaps like working together or whatever the case may be. Um, and that was very interesting because I I when you when people get that mad, I'm like, oh, she's doing it. She's doing it. And then I realized, oh, she, she's challenging authority itself because this is like people know to say no to the clergy. They get it, doctors, they get it, but like academia, they really They're stepping in like they got something. And then the next time it came around was a meme, which already had me tickled because I was like, oh, it's been processed to the point that someone has made like a, a, just a bit about it. And it's going to go out there and do its thing. And then that was when I think you got the follow, like it started because people had like, they'd they'd been, you know, gone back and forth in their minds enough that they had actually, I just, I saw the way that it worked with the timing and how people just had to let it marinate and really think about it. And then people in the comment section were like, oh, I heard, I can't remember the name of the person that picked it up from you. One of the the bigger accounts.
0: Maybe Amazing
1: Polly? Yes, Amazing Polly. They were like, I heard, this is correct because I heard about this on Amazing Polly. Not realizing that Amazing Polly had gotten her information from you, but it was like, oh, it's working. It's coming from all different places now. And it's starting to like be a wall of sound that makes sense to people. And of course, two weeks later, you know, (laughs) but, um, it's okay. We're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going. And it's, it's, I would say we would press that up Montauk, except for people at Montauk already hate that group of people that anytime we want to post Jordan Peterson, because occasionally he'll have something good to say about psychology or whatever. Uh, people never want to hear it. We'll get so many mass unfollows. It's like crazy. So a lot of people are really turned off, but, um, He's more of a like a right wing sort of beacon. So Montauk doesn't really have like classical, you know, conservatives as much over there. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So it was interesting when the first. You know, you put the first video out because you had your you have your finger on the pulse of culture and you were saying, I know when something has this much pushback, like you're over the target. Yeah. Were you always this attuned to media literacy, to culture, to how it works? Or is that something you learned during the course of Gold Pill?
1: Uh, Well, in sixth grade, I did a speech on the sexual exploitation of women in commercials. And um, so I've always been like really attuned to what advertising is. And then when I turned 18, I got like next level of, oh, TV exists because we're trying to be advertised to. So then I started understanding it that way. But I genuinely enjoy, or I haven't so much lately, but I genuinely enjoy entertainment and TV and I like that you can get different things from it, you know? Uh there's like there's there's a whole movement of people that watch Vanderpump Rules that are like academics and like deep deep into psychology and psychic and into like this It's so weird, the intersection of these things. And so I enjoy the intersection of the mundane and the spiritual. And just in watching TikTok, it's like truly being at a dispatch all day because it's always coming in. And I guess I'm good at understanding patterns and, you know, kind of figuring stuff out like that. But you just start seeing Oh, a lot of people are talking about this. And then you start realizing, oh, they're talking about this. Like they all sound the same or, oh, they have different ways they're talking about it. And then that's a whole new layer of, oh, let's start covering that. And then we, and then we go from there. And of course the algorithm, I, many people will probably dislike that. I have a nice thing to say about the algorithm, but um, it listens and it's got it right here, girl. It's listening right now because it listens to everything I say. And I figured, you know what? It's listening anyways let's use it to our benefit and so my algorithm is insanely accurate and great and uh the more that I learn the more it learns about me but what's so funny is you learn from Montauk that's every time I post something I'm having like oh shit moment like it does the same thing to me which is how I know it'll work for other people and so that's that's that I just go it's it's so crazy how much transformation and like learning and healing has really taken place for myself. And I imagine for others, just because the idea, the idea in being introverted and being kind of like, and just someone who's more inner focused is that no one is like you because no one is communicating or transmitting that signal because they're transmitting it in and having a very rich inner life. But the cool thing about the internet is that those people They're creative and they're putting stuff online and you can really see the expression of the person and it's really neat to find this kind of golden thread of, you know, um, mood of psychology of things that we've all been through all very different growing up, but somehow all very unifying and similar and that's it's that's like the most beautiful thing about it and that people are getting helped by memes, something that many people would, you know, turn up their nose at. I love it. I, I love it all the more.
0: It's been super helpful to me. And also because a lot of these concepts of like differentiating introverts, neurodivergent whatnot are so new in mm. the larger public discourse. So there are things that I'm learning about myself through Montauk Effect that I just never had words to to right. put to didn't realize that this was a type or other people were this way. I mean, it's really been kind of crucial in terms of a level of feeling like psychoemotional support, feeling seen. Yes, um, which yes. I think also speaks to a lot of like our core audiences extending beyond. You know, I would imagine those of us who are cluing into this stuff might lean more towards introverted empath all of those things because I'm always curious like what's the through line that we're not snowed in the same way everyone else is getting snowed
1: you know I think so much of it has to do like first of all I think there's a predisposition to being more sensitive and then I think also you know you did gymnastics and so you had a talent for things and so I think a lot of it has to do with people being kind of excellent kids are excelling as kids or the other side of that is like having just a very traumatic situation at home when they're a kid. And sometimes those two paths intersect and um, you know, then you get Hollywood and are the, the old system of Hollywood and um, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I just think that's kind of how it happens is you somehow are getting in, either through lots of pressure or through lots of attention And then not receiving that attention, perhaps when you turn about 15, 16, because that's about the time when you become less precious and you're not like, quote unquote, special the way that you were when you were like 10, you know, is. And uh, I think that that and I think that's like shattering for a lot of people, because it's so weird to think that a child would have any continuity between like what they were doing at six and like 36. But that's kind of what you're pitched at six years old when you are like a gifted quote unquote child. And we've been going into that on Montauk lately too. Like what is gifted? It's just another side of special ed. And that's as a gifted person myself, I'm like, oh yeah, they didn't know what the fuck to do with us. Like they did not know. And so we got to go put together pyramids with sugar cubes or whatever it was, you know? And so that's, and that's new territory on Montauk that I've been like personally getting my mind blown with lately going god consider the possibilities but i think it's to do with that and you know um we're, there's this new thing of like being neurodivergent and i think that's a really interesting paradigm to look at it through but um let's see his name is consciousness cartographer on instagram he does he rejects that because to have a neurodivergent would imply a neurotypical. And he goes, the neurotypical is, is sort of insinuated by quote unquote, hate the word patriarchy or colonial, you know, like the, the thing that took over, you know, the thing that kind of like tried to override the natural system. And so, but again, these are just words and words are really important. But when it comes to Montauk, so much of it is like, Well, it doesn't really matter if we call it neurodivergent or autistic or HSP, highly, you know, sensitive person or psychic or whatever. It doesn't empath. It does not matter because all roads are leading you to understanding what that is to you. And so sometimes people kind of argue in the comments, but mostly they don't. I think mostly people just realize we're all here using different frameworks and, we're all just trying to figure out how we got here and it's really cool to realize that we're not alone on that journey
0: yeah a hundred percent and I feel like that's that's what I get from Montauk effect and I also feel that like I love that there isn't an like allegiance to a certain identity or label and when I'm when I'm checking those out you know I don't care about the label. It's just right, hearing right. someone reflect back something that speaks to my own experience and realizing, yes, yes. oh, that's unique in this way. You know, that, that gifted the the woman who did the gifted children explanation. I was like, yeah, that's totally it. They just couldn't deal with us and wanted us to get out of the classroom so they could deal with whatever status quo they were prepared to deal with. And I was like, it didn't matter if it was gifted child or, you know, empath right. or whatever it was, it was like something I can relate to.
1: Right. And it's so funny, too, just hearing you say that, because it's like even things where it's like uh, someone would be in special ed, not in the gifted program, but say maybe because they have like attention disorders or uh, like dyslexia or something like that. Those are not necessarily I mean, they're disabilities in the paradigm that we live under the very popular. Right. But they're not necessarily that if people get out from under that paradigm and start conceiving of the world in their own way. And they're kind of actually, you know, gifts in that way. And it's, it takes a while to see it that way if you've been, quote, unquote, like afflicted by those things your whole life. But um, it's definitely a perspective that can I've seen a lot of people reach. And so I know it's kind of it's available for everyone.
0: Yeah. I love that. Do you need to check on something? My dog <laughs>
1: is barking. Just one second.
0: No problem. We will pause while Amy checks her dog. She's okay.
1: Is that like ruining the sound? Can you hear her? It's fine. Okay. Okay. I
0: always say we are a substance over style podcast here at Word Up. Love that.
1: That's <laughs> if people perfect. People are tuning
0: in for production value. They've got the wrong podcast. <laughs> You've
1: come to the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, well, there's something about, and I w- I will come back to like the nuts and bolts of Gold Pill, but. I I see you as such an incredible curator, you know, and I feel like that's one of the through lines between your podcast between your various Instagram accounts is because we've all seen so many truther um, accounts, but you're picking from all over, you know, it, it seems like anything is fair game. And I know that what you know, some accounts, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. But I always, always stop on gold pill. I always stop on Montauk. Anything that you're doing, I know this is going to be worth my attention. Did you cultivate your curatorial mastery? Is that a natural genius for you?
1: I've always loved like mixing and blending and collage and stuff like that. But um, I have always, I just have always had like a really strange sense of taste too. I've just, and I don't know where that came from. Um, I just have been different and I kind of the way I described Gold Pill early on was as if it's as if a friend is taking you to like a thrift store and kind of showing you the weirdest things in the thrift store. And that's I we we weren't like broke growing up, but like we were in thrift stores all the time when I was, you know, a kid and 16, 17. And so that's where I sort of learned how to pick things like vintage that had value, but were maybe like, you know, three dollars as because I'd find them at the it wasn't even the salvation army, because even back then the salvation army was too expensive. It was like at the hospice store because there were at this place in, you know, Northern California where all these old people used to live. And so the thrift stores there were just like amazing. And so you just figured out what to pick out. And it's just kind of your own sensibility. But it's from always just being a total weirdo and kind of making my own way that um, yeah, that's kind of where that came from. I'm a strange duck, Danny.
0: and <laughs> uh, that's why I love you. But yeah, it's interesting. I feel like because I'm a picker, I'm a thrifter, um, and there is an attunement to like we're looking for the needles in the haystack. We're looking for the special things and we're willing to dig. We're willing to go through Mm -hmm. like the stinky polyester stuff to find the cashmere or like whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. So I do think that that does train the mind to look for things of value in a certain way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like a different kind of value too, because you're never going to find like what is popular or in trend right now at the thrift store. Right. And in fact, when you do see something quote unquote on trend at the thrift store, like t- don't touch that because it just got there and it needs a few years to cycle, you know, before it becomes anything that probably you or I would want to wear again and, um, or wear yeah. for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing too, is I kind of the way that it started with gold pill and not just became really about announcements, but I started looking at it, like editing a paper or like a magazine and some stuff, you know, it's just for fun. And some stuff is like to make sure you're still looking and other stuff is just like pure heart content and other stuff is like, this is you're learning here. Like, this is where we are learning together and you can, and it's just great. Cause I, it's, I always, um, test new stuff and sometimes stuff doesn't do that good but it's always neat when you find like a new kind of niche that people are into and responsive to and you know um everyone loves sex jokes that's the other thing so uh <laughs> really, it's a it's a tried true older yeah than time yeah situation.
0: um so you said that um gold pill was like Until it was nuked, you were up to like 555,000 followers. You were getting hundreds of followers a day. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know how you were getting those. But before we get into that, because I see a lot of people who have big followings and they're trying to sell us on stuff. They're selling us on their coaching. They're selling us on their neurohacking supplement. I don't see you selling anything. So what was the benefit for you of having such a large following?
1: Well, I always had this like intention that there is like a place that if I ever wanted to read tarot and like, now I am actually, I'm not doing, I'm not doing coaching even, but I'm helping people learn how to do like what we're talking about right now by kind of laying out the, uh, the system. But, um, I'm sorry, what was the, let's go back to the original question. What was the purpose of that?
0: Yeah. How did it serve you? And like, what was the benefits in, in having your account grow so quickly or grow so large?
1: Um, well, the benefits of it were that uh, it was completely out of my control, and I it just kind of happened, and I just saw how it happened, so I knew it could happen again. Um, I kind of got in in this like really cool window of time when TikTok was still new and people had not adopted it yet, and they were st- and Instagram Reels was even newer and trying to compete with TikTok. Uh, so they were promoting reels at like, and they might still be doing it, but that was kind of how it started. And then I also just had like, basically like on fire information. So if it was something about the lollipop or it was something like, uh, about a really heartfelt message that someone had, or like, they were maybe just kind of sharing how awful their day was things that really kind of signaled to everyone. People shared them a lot. And I think Instagram mass shared them. The first time I ever noticed it on Gold Pill go up like 100 a day, I think I was still under 10,000 at that point, someone had shared me, like a big account had shared me. And that's when I realized, oh, there's power in having a platform and then it was like well because it was happening naturally and I was just like I'm honestly on TikTok and social media all day because I have probably a major problem (laughs) but um it's really you know it's fun for me it's not like I, I kid but like I enjoy it and that's why I do what I do and being able to make sense of it was really neat but realizing that creating this platform and then oh I can promote my friend's podcast or oh my friend's doing a coaching thing or oh they have a fundraiser they're doing. And so just, it gets eyes on it. And so it became sort of this thing I could do for other people as well. And that's, that's really where I'm out with it is because I still, there's like not a ton of money that I've made on any of this, which is totally fine with me, but um, it's a labor of love and I love, I, I, by doing it, I get to do it. And so that's why I do it.
0: <laughs> I love that. So how did you, and I know this is your realm of expertise, But how are you getting hundreds of followers every day?
1: I post a lot and I post a lot of things that are like on market to a certain person. So like if I'm I we vibe it out. So in the beginning of Montauk, it was kind of more about like, ooh weird conspiracy and like teen stuff. And then it grew into Let's Heal. And then kind of everyone got done hearing about healing. So now we're kind of in this space of like, well, what's what do we do now? And well, we know that we're different and how do we, how do we get along? And, and here's our childhood. Let's like, look at it and kind of not navel gaze, but there's, you know, pull apart little strings and see where they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, did I answer? I'm sorry. I'm.
0: So was it just posting every day or are there it other was posting ways Posting every you're
1: like... day to a specific group of people that were like set up to be receptive to that? I think. Okay. Um, I've seen recently someone even say it has nothing. You can run an ad. I've run ads before to get people to see just to see what happens, and they nothing happens. Those are the to me, like that is the worst response ever. And I can run an ad on my own account, and it's not going to get a ton of likes, but I do know. That the people who saw it are gonna be way more receptive to it than just some randos on Instagram. And so I don't even charge, obviously, to like run ads on my account. It's just like we put friends and you know, people that we we wanna kind of cross promote. So we might put something up with Montauk and with your books or you know, something like that. But that's that's it. It's to create um, it was to create a space for people to learn, and then the byproduct of that over time became These people can all be really, they're like a built-in audience for anything we do and they don't have to listen. I'm not forcing them. It's just, they can opt in or opt out and it's just getting more eyes on things that I would consider to be important and undershared because of the world we live in and the conditioning that we are under.
0: I just want to say I'm so proud of you for pronouncing the T's in important because I'm used to the younger generation just skipping over them like they don't exist. So yes, like they did reading. So yes.
1: <laughs> my dad would be so happy to hear that.
0: <laughs> um. So is there a way for the average person to grow their account to the hundreds of thousands without posting all day, every day, without being tethered? to their devices or their accounts.
1: You know, I don't honestly know because I have never done that. However, what I would say is there is definitely a way to grow it without doing that and I think that the my year my word for the year 2024 is glue and I think the best way to do that honestly, I've been thinking about this nonstop for the last year is to keep on taking our little enterprises and not connecting them in any way legally or financially, but just spiritually and sort of etherically. And if something goes down, then like we have our network of people that we communicate with. And if someone wants to get the word out on something, then we have that whole, it's not just the Montauk effect. It's, it's something Danny it's Emily it's uh New York Patriot. It's all these people that are already kind of working together, but kind of more, you know, um, just kind of more committed to that. And I, I and so with businesses and everything like that, I think that there's nowhere to go but up because these these groups of people just simply like didn't exist in the hordes that they once did before, like we created these accounts. And so there's just lots of people that would be more open at this point to listening to something that they wouldn't maybe two years ago have even thought to look at because there's so much changing and influx all the time. People are kind of able to pick and choose. It's like a buffet and no one's politics are, some people's politics are very straight and narrow, but a lot of people, the people that I'm interested in dealing with, they're kind of all over the place. They're more interested in like issues and, uh and, the, the people on the ground right now, like taking care of the people that, you know, on the ground, the in their circle or in their city or in their country or however that manifests for them. And I just think that, yeah, having a market online for all these places is the best way to get the word out about these kind of amazingly important and valuable podcasts or resources of information or content. And, um, yeah, getting lots of eyes on them by people who wouldn't always be a hundred percent open to it. And you're just kind of, you're just getting in and you're shedding light. And I don't know, it's really cool. And telling you, it's like so rewarding. That's why I do it. It's so rewarding. I have so much fun at it.
0: I feel like you are a natural community builder. It just seems like it's part of your makeup. Cause I know the first time, Uh You reached out and connected. It was another like, let's get, uh, you know, like more of a supportive podcast crew together. And I I see that being a threat. Like you are connecting people in such a massive way, like on a really big scale.
1: Yeah. The first time that I tried to do that, I wasn't ready. And I don't think the community was ready and the audience wasn't ready. But now it's like a few years down the road and I'm a a, a lot closer with people than I once was um, just due to, you know, time and stuff. And it's really cool. Um, and a lot of and it's not gonna be in this like creepy, like IDW, it's like it's gonna be natural and organic and people who actually just wanna work together. And if you don't want to promote someone's idea, then like literally don't. You know, it's like that simple. But here it is. If you it's up for grabs if you wanna cover it. And you know, um, so many people are becoming not apolitical, uh, because there's still some things, I guess, like on the streets of your town to be figured out that way, but they're sort of, I guess, you know, seeing behind the curtain Wizard of Oz style and they're interested in new things and new ideas. And we've certainly all in our community been talking about new ideas and old, the old patterns that have got to go for a very long time. And I think that, I mean, the etheric infrastructure is set up for a lot of really cool things to happen in 2024. I'm really excited. Like what? Just, I'm really excited. Everyone that I talk to about kind of joining forces is super on board. I'm noticing that the election is doing its thing with some people, but it's kind of turning a lot of people off. A lot of people are just like, ugh. Even Jon Stewart, who's the, you know, the voice of the, the liberal populace or whatever, he's like, this is, you know, terrible. Like, this isn't great at all, and nobody wants this. And- he even says, like, you know, voting day is important, but you know what sucks is the day before voting day and a day after we vote. And then every day in between that is just as important because it's on us. And I was like, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Because now we're not externalizing this this please come help me thing. It's like, how do I help myself? How do I set up a world around me on the Internet, this in, in the capacity at which I can communicate and network with people that like we're going to be fine. And that's 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 the goal. I mean, I guess that's actually the goal is to set up just that's the end goal is that everyone has a nice seat at the table and there's a lot more people listening to them because we've all learned over time that the old paradigm is serving up bullshit we're done we're done and the new paradigm at least it's bullshit we haven't heard yet you know what i'm saying like it's it's very worst it's bullshit we haven't heard yet and it's very best it's something that could be like life changing and world altering so you know um i'm open to all of it but i just need the uh i i just i'm excited i don't need anything i'm excited to watch people figure out you know without their brains melting that this world is a totally different experience than they have been told
0: a hundred percent. And it feels like, I'm curious to know, since you've been doing it, like, are you seeing more and more people wake up to the sham show? Like, are you hopeful in our ability to turn hopeful. this around?
1: Um, the further, oh gosh, for the older generations, like I'm 40 in my forties. Um, I would say probably like mid fifties and older, it can get a little more, it's harder to abandon tradition. And I'm not about abandoning all tradition, but I do think that I remember spiritual tenets like children are the closest to God. And so if they know what, you know, when they're moving and they're doing stuff, even if, you know, assess what they're doing before you judge it and say no, just because you don't want it to change. And I do think about the the world that I wanted when I was younger and how as you get older, it it diminishes, you just, you don't see it. And um, I think that the older the younger kids, excuse me, they they never were even like promised anything. So they're really ready to watch it fall or they're ready to see things change or, you know, like, and they, they're willing. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot to be said about the schools of thought and the authority figures that have kind of ensnared their minds about the way that the world could be, you know, in the future. And it's their vision. They've been incepted, I guess. And they're seeing Jordan Peterson's future or... Ted or the the Kennedy or Trump whoever but um a lot of people are seeing that the future is to quote Natasha Bedingfield unwritten and we yeah and we are totally able to make it ourselves and if you just the more that we embrace the fact that it is a sham show that means that we don't have to have what is it called um Uh, imposter syndrome about building the new world because anything is better than the sham show. It's, I think Michael Malice once said, he goes, if you're thinking about writing a book and you think you're not good enough, just, and you you see an author and you're like, they're not very good, just realize there's a bunch of people that are just not good writing. And he goes, you can write too. And everyone can get in on it and everyone can just like start doing what they want to do. We don't have to wait for someone's permission or whatever. And so I feel like we are, the 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 new not to say the new world the world that is going to emerge let's say is an un, unwritten and unwritten unwritten and, <laughs> and inevitable and um definitely it's like you just gotta if the minute you can kind of let the fear drain from you and sort of just embrace that like this is exciting and fun and you get to be part of one of the coolest parts of like modern history and it's going to connect to historical history and go into the future, you know, all of that. uh, It's the most exciting time to be alive. And I'm, I definitely know there are atrocities happening, but those are, we still have to build because they're never going to (laughs) stop. They're never going to stop being disgusting and gross and controlly and stuff. So we have to just keep going and uh, we carry on black parade style, you know? So.
0: (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here where I live are like everywhere. The rental market is insane. You know, it's like there's nothing available. Everything's overpriced. So I've started to float the idea more and more of um, let's outlaw Airbnb. And I've Mm. I wrote an uh, an op ed piece for our local paper that I'm banned from, but I use a different name. Yes, And, and, and I and I use a totally different voice. And um, I floated on these like community Facebook groups. And it's so fascinating to me how people are like, we can't do like, and it's like Airbnb is not even that old, but they're so stuck in like, we can't do that. We need it. We can't go back. And it's like, of course we can. It's not working. It sucks. We can get rid of it. And it's fascinating to see the resistance. And it's like people just... I look forward to people being more willing to own our power Mm -hmm. and be willing to like take the reins and change stuff so that it works for us because we can all do that.
1: Right. Um, It is really annoying to see, look, it's, There is a lot of crappy stuff out there and there's a lot of crappy deals to be made, but like, there are always ways to consciously engage with crappy deals. And this is perhaps goes back to my days at the thrift store. (laughs) And it's like, how crappy is this deal? Like if I shine it up a little bit and like we air it out, like, is it that crappy? You know, like, how do we work with this? And so even, um, yeah, Airbnb is an interesting one. There's a lot of people that are not interested in them anymore. Tim Dillon, a comedian, has, like, a huge charge against them. He, they they don't like him, and so he took them on. Uh, that was in the last couple of years. And then also they have been just, like, I guess they do, like, blanket charges for people with the cleaning fees. Like, there's something going on where the people who actually use the service are not happy, and there was kind of, like, rumors of boycott that I was seeing but, um, and I've also seen, yes, uh, I've heard Robert Phoenix even talk about how the Airbnbs are just like ruining the town because there's nowhere to live. And it totally, you know, we were just looking at rental prices where I live and it's a one bedroom, a one bedroom apartment. I, we, I live in a house, like it's all good, but um, 1350, I could not like in for my little town, like I can't even believe how high the prices are. And then I know the next move is to criminalize homelessness, which people have feelings about homelessness i'm sure but like no matter how you look at it that is not a great way to live and there's better ways to help and to know that the end goal is prison time for people who are impoverished and then slavery ultimately because that's what they do with the prison population now um and a lot of you know prisons uh it's that is disheartening um, to know to know that but that is why it is so important to have to work you know consciously with these platforms to get the word out about that kind of stuff.
0: Well that does it for the first chunk. The first big portion of my conversation with Amy D is you are inspired to pick up the last half of the conversation. Please join me on both my Locals and Patreon accounts where you can find the second half of this conversation as well as the second halves of all of my podcast conversations. You can find those over at DannyCats.Locals.com as well as on patreon.com slash as you are inspired to learn more about me and my work please head over to my website dannycats.com. all right thanks so much for tuning in thank you for remembering that every word matters that you are omniscopic amazingness have a rockin' day and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button for liking for sharing for commenting and for leaving some kind words As a review, as you are authentically inspired, as you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or locals where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannykatz.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at Katz at pm.me. Or by way of Venmo, where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are Omniscopic Amazingness and for having a rocking day. See you next time, superstars.